welcome to the programme. Thank you. You're very, now, very kind. I, I, I want to go somewhere where you're not expecting me to, but okay. I'm going to kick off by saying you waxed poetical last week about some 84-year-old uh, director of a movie yeah. which has made a fortune at the box office, has been hammered by the critics, and all right-thinking people consider it an absolute glorification of war and all that is wrong, that he's glorifying a fellow who's plugged from the safety of his top-floor window, see, 1,800 Iraqis or well, whatever. You see, first of all, uh, how many critics do you read? One. There you go. And he was probably in the Daily Telegraph. Sunday Times. Okay, I rest my case. Okay. <laughs> right. That doesn't now, change the argument. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and I, I actually I had an argument yesterday. I was at a junket yesterday with another, with a prominent Dublin critic, and I had an argument about this. Who gave it two stars, which I thought was useless. I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Um, I think this movie, and it's it's so easy. I think I, I think this. If you read this movie properly, you get an awful lot out of it. And I think the it's movie what it, is the, the movie is American Sniper and by, it's about, Clint by Clint Eastwood, and it's up there with Clint Eastwood's best, with the outlaw Josie Wales, with Unforgiven. In fact, there there is a a, a strong sort of Western element all through it. Uh, it's incredibly and right from the start, right from the first few shots. I know uh, Eastwood is famous for. Uh, basically for printing his first and second take, you know, not going beyond the second take. But in this, it actually looks like, it, it looks so grand. It looks so well put together, so smooth. You say to yourself from the beginning, you're in the hands of a really good, a really accomplished, a great filmmaker here. Uh, and, okay, you're... I, I, I take it it took, what was it, $107 million at the U.S. box office over uh, the four-day weekend, uh, which was... Because an it was Martin Luther which was King. Another, week, yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King weekend. And you might say um, that's, that's, that's the case that you're making because it brought, brought out right-wing Americans, Americans. It brought out Republicans. It brought out those kind of people who never go to the cinema uh, ordinarily. Yeah. And, uh, but it I would, brought out warmongers, somebody that, would that, say. That, that's what somebody would yeah. say. Yeah. And, I don't and, actually say that, but no, that's the okay. argument. And, and I gather in the book, I gather the film is very, very different from the book. Uh, um, but as I say to you, uh, right from the beginning, if you look at this movie, if you read it, it's an anti-war movie. It's an anti-war movie. You know, I stress that it's now, an I thought the interesting thing was that praise came from a most unlikely source, hmm. namely Jane Fonda. I would have yeah. thought Jane Fonda would have been quite opposed no, no, to it. No, no, no. And, and she thought I it would was say, a great no, movie. No, yeah. no, from, from any time, and from the books of her, hers that I've read and from the interview that I've seen, I think she's a woman who knows cinema. She's a woman who can read a film. And that's what she's doing in this case. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a powerful movie. I haven't got the Irish um, box office. I hope it did well here. Uh, I think it'll do well. Every, and okay, this is a guy who's 84 years of age and he's making a movie that opens, by the way, that's the biggest January opening of all time in the United States. As way, it's, it's, it's far and away his biggest opening ever. Clint Eastwood's biggest opening ever. It's very, very successful. But again, you might say that's because the conservatives came out for it. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say all that. All right. Okay. Now, um, we get back to the script. Yeah. Uh, Ingrid has told me uh, I have to watch Wolf Hall. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, I haven't read the books. Yeah. Have you read the I books? Read, I read the first book. I didn't ring Bring Up the Dead, which is the second book. Okay. I now, have it. I have it. And is it where and when can we find it? The book. book. 
No, Wolf Hall on the TV. Where? Uh, on BBC Two tonight at 9 o'clock. BBC Two, two nine, 9 o'clock, o'clock tonight. tonight. Wolf, Wolf Hall, Hall which and it's is based written on, by again. It's, okay, it's, it's, it's uh, based on, on, well, two books by a woman called Hilary Mantel. And unusually, both books actually won the Man Booker Prize. Uh, really, uh, uh, so, and it's set in that period up to the Reformation. So the period between 1500 and 15, uh, 1530. That period, that that time when, when okay, the With Tudor Henry court, the, the, the Tudor court was actually dominated and run by Henry VIII, and the first episode, I one of the things that the BBC has done is they've kept all of it very secret. Even the actual uh, time and date they were showing at it wasn't well known two weeks ago. Um, but uh, uh, so it's it's that sort of period, at, uh, and the first I got her the first episode deals with okay um, he hasn't got an heir obviously very very worried about ha- not having a male heir, and uh, he's been married to Catherine of Aragon for twenty years, and he decides basically to ditch her. He wants his marriage annulled, and uh, for uh, Anne but, Boleyn, Anne Bo- yeah. to marry Anne Boleyn. No. And one of the things that happens obviously is that the Pope is against him, and most of Europe is against him. So he brings in his kind of henchman, his first minister, Thomas Cromwell, in but, order to but, do the, 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 the deed. But this has been done a zillion times. Yeah, yeah. Most famously by, it was a fabulous series on BBC on black and white. I, I think the actor was Australian, was he? Uh, what was okay. his name? Ah, oh, he was wonderful. In yeah. it. But, it, uh, but, but Cromwell but I mean, hasn't been done before. Thomas story. Cromwell hasn't been done before. And it, it, he has. No, he's no, been no, done no. with. He's been done. Morgan in, O'Sullivan he's, did this. For he's crying he's out been loud. done. Uh, no, this is very different. This, as, as I understand it, this is very different from uh, the Tudors, which is the one that you're talking about. <laughs> Morgan O'Sullivan and Ardmore. <laughs> and O'Sullivan my did. favorite New Zealander played. Uh, didn't he play Cromwell? Your man from uh, yeah, from yeah. Jurassic yeah, Park. But, but, yeah, but but what I'm saying, he did. Yeah, who, but, who had but, a, who had Sam Neil, Sam, Sam Neil, who what? has a winery called Twin Palace. Yes, yes, he was on the program. You're going to say next, okay? Yeah, right. Yeah, you well, for Cor- the first time, I yeah. can say that too. Every you day, you, yeah, every day you come in here and you start talking about your Saturday interview. So anyway, so, so uh, what's so different about? Well, this? first of all, he's at the center of it. You haven't had that before. Cromwell. Cromwell is at the center of it. And and it's about, I suppose it's about the rise and fall of Thomas Cromwell and uh, about the, him basically starting off with nothing and achieving this place at the centre of the Tudor court and uh, basically being um, uh, being Henry VIII's advisor. And What do you mean you don't get it? Well, it's Have just... A, yeah, you're doing this again. You're pre-reviewing a, a something you haven't seen now. Would you at least wait and have a look at it? I to watch it. And then we'll have a chat but about I it next week. A whole while. I must have I, I've yeah. seen... I, I think I might have even seen Earl Flynn do this. Charles, oh, Charles, you didn't see I saw Flynn. Charles you, you Lawton do it. I saw Charles Lawton do it. You did. And this, I, I saw this fan. And obviously you, Damien Lewis, even the look of him, Damien Lewis plays him in this, and he's very, very talented. Now, Charles, that would make me watch it. Yes. I'm a the, fan of Damien well, there, there Lewis. There you go. And uh, uh, Charles Lawton, even though he was well sort of uh, praised for it, um, he was a very kind of stout figure. You sort of say, how would any woman be attracted to him, let alone six wives? Um, but, okay, let's have a look at it. The women Played by weren't Damien Lewis. attracted to him. Yeah. What do you know about your history? The the women had no choice in the sixteen hundred. The, the, they were told the, particularly fifteen hundred. Per, okay. Particularly sixteenth century. Particularly women uh, of the royal classes were just told, "Listen, go marry a man." 
and they turned up. Yeah. And there was a one okay, from Germany. So, uh, sure, sure, the one from Germany turned up, all, and he'd never even seen her before. What was her name? Yeah, they he all hated had, her. Yeah, they all had. They all had obviously European connections. Uh, apart from Boleyn, I, I, I don't think she had. Keith Michelle was the great. Oh yeah, yeah. BBC. The six, six wives of Henry VIII. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right, a man for all seasons, Leo but, McKern, but again, Thomas Cromwell. Yeah, but again, he was a little sort of skulking figure waiting in the shadows. Yeah. In oh, that. I was wrong. I and, must and, 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 and as I gather, rules. as I understand it, uh, this plays, Thomas More is, is played, is presented in a much different light in this. All right, okay, okay. And how many episodes? Six. Right. So, well, at least and unlike... I, I, it, it was made, by the way, um, in 30 at different locations around the UK. I think it cost about seven million. And they're saying that it's a return to the sort of famous uh, costume dramas that the BBC, the BBC were yeah. always, and always on, famous for. Unlike uh, an Irish television station that we won't mention, it will actually be on the television at nine o'clock. Oh, oh, oh. Did you actually say that to that guy last <laughs> week when you had him on here? I did. I gave him a, a rollicking. The only thing I heard you talking about was Foyle's War. Yeah. I had to go out and buy. I had to go out. What did I tell you? Yeah. I, I meant to tell you. I bought the DVD of the three episodes for my friend and colleague, Mr. Pat Kenny, who's a big fan of Foyle's War and didn't see the three episodes. And I bought him the DVD. And when he comes back from his holidays, I'll give it to him. OK, your friend and colleague. Yes. Now... Uh, I, I can't believe this. I think you're losing it. Yeah. I think you're in your dotage. What is it? You're coming up with your 10 best restaurants. No, no. On I, average, you no, do no, this I, every I, fortnight. No, I don't. That, I mean, God, stop. We just stop with your it's exaggeration. With your yeah, exaggeration. I know. Like, I, I can hear you now. Uh, John Ford and the searchers and... Uh, so you've said this a zillion times. Okay, but you I give the audience something new a to man, grab on. Well, there aren't that many new westerns out there. There's a Tarantino one coming up this year, which is the first, uh, the Hateful Eight, which is the first in ages. I just put that in there. There's no need to. Well, why throw, did you put no it? There's no need to throw a tantrum. I was outside in reception. Uh, last, last week, week, last week, and this man, I think his name was Brendan Jackson. He said to me, "I really love it when you and George talk about westerns." All right, and I, I, oh, I did uh, mention uh, me, and he, he said, he said, he said, he said, um, uh, "Did you not say uh, sometime last year that you give?" And I, I said, "What you've just said." I said, "I'm hoarse giving the ten best <laughs> bloody westerns." And he said, "Would you give him again?" I'll give him again. Off so, you go. So there Number we go. ten. Number ten. I'm going for the tall tea, and the tall tea you always mispronounced the director's name. The Tall Tea um, is is directed by Bud Bettiger. It was one of the Ranown cycle of westerns with Randall Scott. And there, I could put maybe five of them there in that top ten. But what the reason I'm putting that one in is it has a great villain played by Richard Boone. Now, can I just say one yeah. thing? Yeah. That you malign movies for men regularly. If I dare <laughs> I suggest not. I watch movies for men, they do truckloads of Randolph Scott's. No, no, it's not. It's not movies for men that does them, isn't it? No, no, no. There's, there's one channel. Film four doesn't. Film four loves them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bud Bettiger and yeah, that's uh, number ten. Okay, number nine is the Naked Spur. Now you'll know that Anthony Mann made a series of westerns with uh, James Stewart. Uh, you know, in that period in the fifties when Stewart actually changed his image, and he made this kind of series of westerns, basically playing this character. Who, okay. yeah, who he he all he he, right. he, he kind of felt seriously neurotic.
neurotic right. this character. Now I know and that you 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 have difficulty with time and you want to go okay. on until half okay. seven okay. with these. I'll wrestling. say these quickly. I'm going to help you with a backing track, a okay. bit of music to help you countdown. Okay, the naked spur is number nine. Okay, Alzana's raid, which I love, a late sort of Burt Lancaster uh, western, uh, directed by the still underrated Robert Aldrich, and it was written by a Scottish writer, a fellow called Alan Sharp. I love uh, Alzana's raid. Uh, number se- seven, I'm going for Heaven's Gate, and um, that needs no introduction, as they they traditionally say. The outlaw Josie Wales, I remember Arsene Wells saying, "Saw it Hel- last night." Did you? Yeah, downloaded. You know the way you can download movies now on Sky yes, on the yes, box. Yes, yes. Downloaded Josie Wales. Okay, there you go. I remember Arsene Wells, who was still alive at the time, saying when this came out that if anybody else had made it, it would be considered an instant classic. Number five, I would go for the man who shot Liberty Valance, and. It's difficult. To, it's even to come out. It's difficult, even I think, to come out with a top five without having at least two John Fords in it. That would be my first John Ford. Red River. Red River is an ingenious. Um, okay, it's a cattle drive western, but it's an ingenious reworking of Mutiny on the Bounty as a western. If you think about it, I don't it's, want it. Okay. I, I try thinking about it, and I can never. Okay, the, number three is the Wild Bunch, which is Peckinpah's violent yeah. classic. Number two is. I absolutely adore it. Absolutely adore it. Uh, Rio Bravo. And number one is The Searchers. Okay. Oh, you're so predictable. Yeah. Anyway, listen, I, 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 Peter here has been banging away yeah. with the music from The Magnificent Seven, hoping to give it to and you didn't include it. Who, who was doing that? Peter, was he? And then... Good work, Peter. Listen, now Peter is doing the, far, the big country. How could you leave the big country, country out? Man. Peter News knows more about the Westerns than you do. That's not the big country. I know, but I mean, I'm telling you the big country. That's the magnificent seven. Your man is saying goodbye to you your one. You don't know one from the other. Your, one is saying, your man is saying goodbye to your one, washing his shirts on, on, the, on the brick. Yeah. Do you yeah. not remember? I, I was, remember, I told you this before. Remember the second one, Return of the Seven. Um, Vin and Chris... Um, Robert Fuller is play, plays Vin in this one and they go up to the top of a, of a hill and they're looking down on the village and, and, and Chris, that's the Elbrinner character, he says, well, I'll be damned. And, and, and Robert Fuller looks up at him and he says, I doubt it, Chris. I very much doubt it. You know? Right. I want to know about Sean Bean. What about him? I know. Isn't he making a movie or something? He's making a TV series. Uh, yeah? Yeah, a TV series. And it's called The Frankenstein Chronicles. And it's basically, it's again, it's a six-parter, and it's okay. From what I've read about it, it, it started to shoot it, by the way, in the north of Ireland. The north of Ireland has a it has a thriving film and television industry, I have to say, at the moment. But there, okay, he plays this character. He's a, a London cop. It's the the thing is set in eighteen twenty-seven, and he's breaking up. He's in the process of breaking up this drug smuggling ring, and a, a body is washed ashore on the banks of the Thames, and. Uh, uh, he 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 looks at it. He he examines it and ascertains very very quickly that it's a crude sort of assembly of body parts arranged in human form. So uh, the Robert Peel, by the way, is the Home Secretary at the time, and he appoints him then to head up a unit uh, to investigate this. And they go tr- into all kinds of sort of body snatching, prostitution, murder for profit, drug trafficking, the whole thing. Uh, and the interesting thing about it is it's the first original drama commissioned by ITV subscription channel ITV Encore alright so okay. there you go um, now Sean Bean mustn't be a young fella anymore 
He's he's probably early 50s. Yeah, mm. all right. Now, have we any new releases? We do, yeah. And uh, my, I suppose it's actually what, what has happened pre-Christmas and now post-Christmas. It looks very, very good, George. Um, in the cinema, um, in that okay, you, you have a uh, you've had all the Oscar uh, movies, the movies that were in the running for Oscar nominations, and then the movies that were nominated, all basically coming here. I think the only outstanding one of the ones that are nominated that we haven't seen is Selma, uh, which we'll see in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, um, one of my favorite movies I've seen so far this year, <laughs> okay, in the first in, in the first, days. The first, the first is it's a film called A Most Violent Year. And it stars Oscar Isaacs, who's a wonderful actor, I think. And he plays this Latin American businessman who he, he, he basically. What would I have seen Oscar Isaacs in? Uh, recently, what would you have seen him in? Um, he's in another one out this week called Ex Machina. I don't know what you would have seen okay. him in. All he's right. a, he's a, a kind of anyway. He plays this um, he plays this uh, uh, this businessman, and he's he's it, it, it it's it's set in 1981, which apparently uh, was one of the most violent years on record for crime in America. And he's running this home heating oil. Uh, business. So he started off with nothing, George, and he basically he gets up to a situation where he's starting off. And and what happens is in the first, uh, say, the first 10 minutes of it, um, he's meeting the, these Hasidic businessmen on uh, the Brooklyn shore. Who are fundamentalist Jews. Yes, fundamentalist right? Jews, yeah. 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 And he's meeting them and they own property there and he's buying property. He wants to buy the property from them and he puts a, a down payment of several million on the property and basically he has a, a, um, a month to pay up the rest of it. So what happens then is uh, he, that's the groundwork that's the, of, of, of the drama. And what happens then is that all kinds of things uh, start to go wrong. His trucks um, are hijacked and he loses something like 100,000 uh, gallons of oil. Um, various people start to turn on him. There's a group called the Five Families, reminiscent of The Godfather, by the way, a group called the Five Families. And and they seem to be waging war against him. And as well, then, there's a local district attorney and he's um, investigating his business practices. And all of the, the, the movie actually keeps all of these balls in the air at, at, at once. It's really very well done. People have been comparing it to a 70s movie. To well, Remember Sidney Lumet? Yeah, of okay, course. To, to one of Sidney Lumet's pictures. And I think it is. And the lead actor is Oscar Isaacs and Jen, Jennifer, um, Jessica Chastain plays his wife in it. She plays this, this Lady Macbeth type figure. And you're never entirely sure whose side she's on. Very, very good. Really looked, loved it. Uh, Ex Machina? Ex Machina. Just before you go, yeah. wasn't isn't there a phrase in in Latin? Deus Ex Machina. Yes. Okay. What does that mean? Um, it's 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 kind of a dramatic device. Oh, right. um, so don't ask me to say any more than that. All right. Okay. Now, um, uh, as, as you're saying, um, Ex Machina, as it's, it's been described as as a gripping sort of chamber chamber thriller. It's it's. It's um, directed by a man called Alex Garland. And Alex Garland was a novelist. Then he went on to be a, uh, a screenwriter. And he's written this now. This is his directorial debut. And it's clever, stylish. It's tightly mounted. And so we're working, I think, of, of one of the issues of the day, which is man's interaction with computers, George. Donald Leeson, right. jo- Donald Leeson stars. He plays this... This man called Caleb, who's a a young coder at a Silicon Valley corporation called Blue Book, and he wins this internal competition to spend a week with the company's reclusive founder. And who plays the founder? 
Oscar Isaac. And when Caleb arrives at, arrives at this kind of Alaskan compound, he discovers that his pri- what his prize is. And the prize is this, is to conduct a Turing style test on the boss's secret invention. And the secret invention is this advanced android called Ava. So he's basically required to test the extent of Ava's humanity. So that's what it's about. And basically, it's, there's three, three people at the center of it. Uh, lovely Swedish actress, which you may, you'll hear about again and again called uh, Alicia Vikander uh, Oscar Isaac and um, and uh, and Donald Gleeson and the really interesting thing about that George is that the three of those they're on the verge of a major breakthrough at the moment so they're brought together in this movie right. which is a, an expert little thriller it's very good All right. very now I've been de- googling yeah. Deus Ex Machina yeah. means God from the machine but what it really means is um, where a seemingly unsolvable problem is suddenly that's, that's and abruptly resolved by a contrived or unexpected yeah. intervention yeah so there a lot of novelists, for instance, when they come up and they're stuck, they suddenly do a day of sex machine and head off and then you get it all fixed by a, a sudden intervention. There, aren't you or lucky it, to have that there in front of you now? I am, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I had yeah, this yeah. Yeah. The Gambler? Um, the Gambler is, I don't know if you remember, uh, a, a director called Carl Rice and uh, a movie called The Gambler, I think from 1974 with James Caan in it. And basically it's about this um, this this character who's a, a, a literature, a, a college lecturer who's also then, who also moonlights as a gambler at night. And his whole aim um, seems to be... Uh, to destroy elements of his of his own personal life, and so what he does in this case is he, he he gets a loan of money and then he gambles the money and eventually he ends up owing two hundred and forty thousand dollars. So he's in all kinds of trouble, and three different sort of groups are after him. And uh, uh, the the interesting things about it, first of all, is Mark Wahlberg plays the gambler, and I have to say I was really surprised at how good he is. He's very very good in it. Secondly, there's a great support cast led by Jessica Lang as his mother and uh, John Goodman. John Goodman is in top form in it. And um, the third thing is the script is written by a guy called William Monaghan and the dialogue in it is really, really bounces off the wall. Okay. Very, very good. Now, I suddenly remembered yeah. in one of the movies, in the movie you're talking about, yeah. um, I think it might be the most violent year, um, where your man, you said, was dealing with the Hasidic Jews yeah. to buy some property. His lawyer played by an interesting actor, isn't is. that so? Yeah. Do you know who it is? Well, I know because I read your notes, but yeah. I mean, Albert Brooks, you yeah. might talk about him for a minute because but, he's quite an interesting character. Yeah, well, he's interesting in, in that, uh, I suppose, he's been on television, he's been on, he's, he's done stand-up, he's, um, he's been in the cinema, uh, and uh, he, I suppose, he, he's, he's played sort of supporting roles for most of his career. You know, he's never really had a great sort of dominant. Can you think of anything? No. He was in Broadcast News. Remember Broadcast yeah. News with William Hart? He was very, very good in that. And uh, so he's been in and out of the cinema, but I like him a lot. Yes. Now, the the uh, listener says if the book, Declan, if the books are anything to go by, Wolf Hall will be fab. Yes, great. Uh, somebody saw the theory of everything last night, thought it was great. Eddie Redmayne is outstanding. Did Philip like it? Yes, yeah. Well, the thing about it is that 
that it's very much a sort of actor's movie, okay? At the center of it, there's two... Stephen of, Hawkins. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, oh, I mean, he's he's told, um, he's whatever, whatever he is, in early 20s, and he's told that this um, condition basically is going to take over his life and he'll, he'll lose practically everything expect, except his brain. And so... He, uh, I, when I say it's an actor's movie, he loses the use of of all parts basically of his body. He loses his whole. So the actor has to convey. So that. the yeah, he loses okay. his whole physicality, okay. and the actor, as you say, has to to convey. And he doesn't lose his sense of humor. He doesn't use obviously. Obviously, he doesn't um, lose his interest in life or in the people and the the, the things around him. Uh, so he still has that uh, while he's dragging himself up and down the stairs and can't eat properly and. All all of that kind of stuff. Okay, but uh, so it's. I'd, I'd be uh, Eddie Redmayne is certainly in the the running for an Oscar for. All right, uh, final season justified last night returned in America. Did it? Yeah, I just got uh, before Christmas. I got uh, the box set of season five. Yeah, and uh, great. Yeah, I've I've seen. I've watched up to I think the sixth episode. And it's, it's first. Class. I enjoyed season. I, I I downloaded it all on the Sky thing, and I must say, the Crow so, family, the Crow family, yeah. that have come up from Florida, yeah, and they're at war. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. It's, it's, but but again and and again, uh, there's the, the, the drugs have been lost. The drugs that were supposed to be coming from Detroit down to yeah. Kentucky, they've been lost. So all of these kind of but things are converging you know on each other. Yeah, that. If I was the Kentucky Tourist Board, like, it yeah. does nothing for Kentucky. Now, I don't know Kentucky that well, but I've been in places like Louisville and so on, where it's horsey country. Mm. You don't see... You didn't you see any of this. No. This is hillbilly stuff. This yeah, is hillbilly. This is, yeah. The other thing I meant to say, in Justified, yeah. he's a baddie with kind of blonde hair. He lives in a caravan. Yes. Do you know Duffy what I mean? Is, Duffy is his name in it. Yeah. 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 I discovered him. He actually looks like a, a, a cartoon character. He looks I like a caricature. Yeah. I discovered him in Breaking Bad. Oh. He was... Do you remember the odd time they used to go to Drugs Anonymous? Yes. And the fella who... The chairman of the kind of Drugs Anonymous yeah. was Duffy from Justified. Oh, there you go. It's a, it's, it's, a amazing support, what you see these it's, it's a supporting role in Justified and um, Raylan doesn't really like him. He doesn't like him. No, no. Mm. Gina Davis? Well, Gina Davis... Six she's, foot three? Six foot... Ah, no, she's not six foot three. Well, she's she's, she's five nine. She's about five. Ah, she's, she's taller five than nine five or ten. Nine. She's five nine or I'm ten. I go to Google how tall is oh, Gina okay, Davis. Okay, okay. You want to put money on it? No. Okay. Go on. And, uh, okay, she's... She's fi- She's 59 today, yeah, and... Uh, uh, I, 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 I put on your little note there. Did she achieve her potential in the cinema? And I don't think I she don't did. need to put it in my note. She yeah. didn't. She didn't. No. What um, did she do that was any good? Well, okay. She actually started off in Tootsie, a small role. Then she was lovely, I thought, in Fletch. But she, her breakthrough was in 1986, which, uh, uh, with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, um, in The Fly. Uh, remember her in The Fly? That was you. You probably didn't like The Fly because it was a horror movie. I wouldn't watch The Fly <laughs> in a fit. Oh, there you go. I didn't know watch the original. She, Why would she, I watch? She was your well. Man? There was there was very little to the original. I have to say. I I can't um, answer your question. She, she, she Sorry, was, will you stop, a minute? Yes. I can't answer your this question because then, they've given it to me in new money, and I only work in old money. They've given it to me one point eight three meters. 
I only work in pound shillings and pounds. Will somebody Would come you look up IMDB there? Look up IMDB. I'll do that in a minute. Okay. She didn't make any good movies. No, hold on. I, I, I like The Fly. I like Beetlejuice. And then she won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar against all the odds for uh, The Accidental Tourist. She did one uh, that I like with Bill Murray called Quick Change. She's six foot tall. Six foot. I've done the commercial. Okay, you said six three. All right, but she's six <laughs> feet. Closer than okay. five nine. Okay, Telma and Louise. She was in Telma and Louise. Oh, I yeah, like. And yeah. she was, I liked her in Louise, uh, uh, League of Their Own. And she, she did one with Stephen Ray, um, a little film called Angie, which was nice. Was and she I, in a film where she was really a hit woman and she, she lost her memory? She was. What was that called? The Long Kiss Good Night, Goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that either. But she, in 1995, she did one. I'm not sure she uh, co-produced this as well, um, called Cutthroat Island. It was a swashbuckler, and it was expected to do well, but it was a total disaster. It absolutely flopped. And I think that uh, that kind of killed her, her film career after that. She did. She popped up again and again uh, on television. But um, no, she, uh, she, she basically, I was looking for her. She had a television series in which she played a president called Commander in Chief. Right. You ever she see that? nearly made the U.S. Olympic archery team. How did she? According to my info, yeah. Yeah, good. And she's been married four times. She has. Um, and she, she, well, she, obviously she goes out with very tall men. <laughs> yeah. All right. Philip Lloyd's yeah. with me on the movies. Albert Brooks was also in Taxi Driver. He was, and his yeah. real name yeah. was Albert Einstein. A number of listeners said he changed it for obvious reasons. Gavin says you divide by 0. 0.305 to convert uh, meters <laughs> to feet. Uh, seriously. Is Philip serious? saying American Sniper is good as Josie Wells. Well, he's not serious. He's lost all credibility. Uh, when is the second season? I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Yes, when is I, the I'm second that. season of True Detective starting and who's starring in it for well, Jerry? Well, um, um, uh, there's a whole collection of people starring in it, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's been made at the moment and it's a completely different story. It's not That's the right, same. It's not, uh, yeah. Colin Farrell is in it, by the way. He's oh, one of the stars. Of How would you stop, will you? Has Philip seen Lilyhammer? No, but I'm an mm. expert on Lilyhammer. It is absolutely fabulous, and you can get it on Netflix. Is Rocky coming back in a film called Creed? Yes, yeah. It's yeah. it's a, it's a movie about Apollo Creed, who, as you know, was the right. was the guy that Rocky uh, defeated. Oh, was right. or did he? No, he didn't defeat him, but he fought him in the first film. I like the fellow who played Creed. Have you seen the new English war movie based in Afghanistan called Kajaki? No, I haven't seen it. No, no. is Birdman any good? Jersey? Oh yes, I, again, it, it's 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 dominated, and I, I I think I said this to you last week. Um, obviously, Michael Keaton plays Birdman, and Birdman was this character who had a superhero. In the past, he played a superhero. Uh, basically, he gave up playing the superhero. Uh, his career collapsed, and now he's trying to make a comeback on the New York stage. That's the, the story, and that's the story of Birdman as well. But he's he Michael Keaton is wonderful in it. Well, based on the reaction from you, the listeners, this is Philip's last yeah. show on the pictures <laughs> on Wednesday. How, the, the Wild Bunch is the best all-time Western. I can't believe, says Tom Malloy, is that Shane off the list. Colin okay, I, says, I just said, while we were off the year, of course, it's, it's hard to get word in edgeways with this. What man, about Ombre? Well, when, 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 we when we were on, no, I wouldn't have Ombre in the top ten. When we were off the year, I, 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 I mentioned a second top ten to him. <laughs> uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, uh, Vera Cruz, uh, obviously The Magnificent Seven, uh, and uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, The Oxbow Incident, uh, and Shane, all of those.
But you didn't put him in your top ten. Who's interested? There, you, but okay, we say a top twenty. Then I have just given all you right, a top twenty. All right, all right, all right. And by the way, um, did you see that that line that I have on there um, about uh, Michael Keaton, which which actually fits into uh, into the, you, the question you asked me about um, Birdman? Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton is the star in a film called The Founder. All right, and it tells the true story of how this Illinois salesman, a fellow called Ray Kroc, turned. Uh, Mac and Dick McDonald's small 150, uh, 1950s Southern California burger chain into the biggest fast food franchise on the planet. This guy was a... The founder of McDonald's. Yes. This yeah. guy This guy is from Illinois and he was selling, George, he was selling uh, multi-mixer milkshake machines, right? And he goes to them, he, he discovers them in, the, in San Bernardino in Southern California and they buy eight of these machines off him. And he's very impressed while he's there um, at the way they turn around this food, it literally fast food, and what he does is he moves in himself, and eventually he takes over. This was 1954, 1961. He buys them out for 2.7 million dollars, 2.7 million dollars. And anyway, they're 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 right. they're okay. making this this movie uh, called The Founder, and he's starring in it. All right. Now, to be fair to Philip, he he when he said X Machina, it would certainly be the way Hollywood pronounce it. All the Latin, all yeah, Makina. all the yeah. all the Latin scholars are in. Uh, there's X Machina. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. That's why it's not Julius Caesar. It's Julius Kaiser. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good response. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the the uh, there was something else I watched during the week, yeah. and oh, I know what it was because yeah. you mentioned the Wild Bunch. Yeah. The great William Holden. Yes. I watched. I don't think it was a very big movie, but there were three great uh, cast in it: William Holden, the wonderful uh, German actress who had been married to Richard Harris, Lily Palmer, and Richard Harris. When I just think about what not you just Richard said. Harris, think, think ma- married to your man yes, Rex Harrison. Rex Harrison, mm. married to Rex Harrison, Lily Palmer. And your man, who I think won an Oscar for Ben Hur, uh, maybe as the owner of the horses. Yes, yeah, the little guy. Yeah, and no, and he was also he also was the guy in How to Steal a Million. Yes, I he think. was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Griffiths, maybe was yeah, it? Hugh Griffiths. Yeah. Where, where did you see that? The Counterfeit Traitor. Yeah, where did you see it? Netflix. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks to Philip Law. He's back next Wednesday. Well, maybe, depending on Picture you, the show, listeners. Picture show, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Who okay. you see talking we, to? We have an interview um, with, okay, th- that one, the gambler I talked to you about, we have an interview with the director of that, and we have also an interview uh, with Donald Gleeson. Ah, you should have got all three Geesons, to be fair. Uh, the picture show on Saturday at I 6 actually have all, interviewed the three of them. All right. right. All thanks to the Omniplex chain of movies.